Well, welcome everybody. We're going to get started. Thank you for coming. I'm April Pendergraft. I'm the Director of Development and Membership at MaxFun. I work with the team to help increase support for the hosts on our network and find ways to enhance the experience of being a MaxFun member. So uh, I'll also be your moderator today for the MaxFun HQ Access Behind the Mic for November. Um, as a way to say thanks to you folks who are at the highest tiers of MaxFun membership, we're running these special Zoom calls on the third Friday of every month. Um, and thank you to those of you who are here live and those of you who are listening later on, our members listening to this in bonus content. Uh, twice a year, we do lunch on us. This is one of those times. So if you have your lunch, please don't be shy about eating it now with us. Um, I think at least a couple of our hosts might be eating lunch too. So um, I decided that it would be uh, grotesque if I ate the Popeye's fried chicken that I will have for lunch <laughs> on camera in front of everybody. That's, you know, that's I a good decision. I thought you were, <laughs> I thought you were subtweeting Stuart at first, but then no. like once I heard the whole sentence, I, I knew he was correct. Stuart's using a fork. You, yep. yeah. he's, he's eating like a civilized human being, not just tearing into meat. So yeah, just but with imagine his it. teeth. Well, I haven't actually introduced you yet. So, <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Oh. Please allow me to introduce our guests for today's chat, Dan McCoy, Elliot Kalin, and Stuart Wellington. Hi. Hello. Hey. All three of take our guests what I said, today. Oh, go ahead. I said, take what I said about chicken earlier and now in your minds, cut and paste it to here after right. I've been properly introduced. Exactly. <laughs> I, I instruct yeah. the jury to strike the, anyway. Just All three of our and guests remember. today host <laughs> the Flophouse on Maximum Fun. Elliot Kalen is also a writer who's worked on shows such as Mystery Science Theater 3000 and The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, not to mention his work on comic books and his own books, Sharko and Hippo and Horse Meets Dog. Dan McCoy is currently a writer for The Daily Show with Trevor Noah and has also worked on the show with Jon Stewart when he was hosting. Judge John Hodgman has officially ruled Dan's Twitter feed as funny. And if We're appealing you watch, that decision. Yeah. We're appealing that. Yeah, yeah. And if you watched the Max Fun Drive finale live stream last August, you know he's also very good at drawing Jesse Thorne. Stuart Wellington owns Hinterland's Bar in New York City and is a comedian with AV Club cred, as well True. as another podcast, Till Death Do Us Party, which shocked all of us actually here. We, we... <laughs> I, what I really liked about that was it's it's it was called an educational podcast about podcast. all things Def Leppard. Uh-huh. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, we, it's really like the Ken Burns, like if you really want to dive into the educational aspect of Def Leppard. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. How are you? How are you three doing today? Uh, uh, fine. I'm, okay. I'm doing I'm doing a lot better now that I just learned that Stuart's other podcast was a was a secret. <laughs> was it? <laughs> Well, well no, I don't it's know just... if it's a secret. It's very difficult. We we chose a title that is the <laughs> hardest to search for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, the fact that you spelled party P P A R D Y makes it very difficult. <laughs> and I think we chill just, by is the way, I mean, weird. it took me also a very long time to realize that was a Def Leppard pun, and that was why it had two P's. <laughs> I just, kind of an obscure way of going with it, but uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's the, like, the secret warp. It's like the secret Mario level of, uh, Flophouse podcast lore. Mm -hmm. You really have to work for it. But when you earn it, it feels amazing. <laughs> mm -hmm. When you're in the know, you really feel like an insider. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, are you ready to take some questions from our audience? Always. Sure. Yeah. We're going to start with some questions that folks submitted ahead of time with their RSVP, but we should have time for questions from attendees as well before we get into our game and everything dissolves into chaos. With that, we'll start with our first question, which is from Pat. Uh, Pat Lusk would like me to ask. I'll go ahead and ask that for him. How did you get the idea for the Flop Tales bonus podcast? And the second part of that question is, do you guys play TTRPGs normally or just for the bonus feed? Oh, so this Dan should probably field this one, right? <laughs> I mean, I could answer the first part of it. I don't know about the rest oh, of it. Dan, first... Dan, do you know what TTRPG stands for? I do not at all. I know okay. what the last three letters stand for. <laughs> uh, it's it's table it's tabletop, tabletop oh, okay. RPG. Yeah, tabletop role playing. I, I wanna... oh, rather than LARPing, you're saying? Uh, yeah, or As computer. Yeah. yeah, LARPing, which is a lap oh, right, app right, right, right. role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when you use an app on your lap. To role play that's a LARP uh yep. I want to before before Stuart answers this question that is only Stuart can answer uh, <laughs> I want to apologize there's some construction going on outside my house so if you hear any loud noises it is 95% construction 5% probably flatulence but I'm going to say the 5% is also construction Just Stuart construction I apologize let's uh, uh you should go yeah that's a good save um so yeah so we started doing uh the flop tales bonus content uh, initially, we started doing it as a crossover with The Adventure Zone, which is a very popular podcast on our network. Um, we There was a few years ago for part of the Max Fun Drive, we were uh, we did a switcheroonie or a crossover where different shows hosts hosted different shows. And we got uh, Adventure Zone, I think, because I was the only host who actively campaigned to be a game master for it. Um and so we did a couple of those, and then uh, I got the idea. I found a RPG system that I liked that was really simple called Lady Blackbird, which is a free, like, short download. And then I also wanted to kind of uh, kind of create my own world and my own story. So I basically took the characters they had played, uh, Dan Elliott and our friend Jubin played in the, uh, the crossover episodes. I, uh, I just kind of adapted them to this new like hard-boiled weird noir setting uh and then uh i I, and i specifically chose a very rules light game as opposed to dungeons and dragons which has a is a little more rules heavy because you know dan and elliot you know i i felt like i feel like you guys appreciated that i chose something that's a little simpler right oh yeah yeah um so that's that's kind of the story of it um it it gives me an outlet to do something that i enjoyed to do anyway part of one of my hobbies is playing tabletop role-playing games uh with my friends i mean i haven't done in like eight or nine months because i'm stuck at home or working but uh in other times uh i've I've been doing this for a long time (laughs) but to answer your second uh part of it i guess i can't speak for elliot but i'm pretty sure i (laughs) sammy is talking sorry there's a there's a child who just walked in did Sammy approve to be recorded? Did he sign the no, waiver? No, he did not give. Did you give permission to be recorded and have your likeness used in all forms of media in perpetuity throughout the universe? No. <laughs> okay, then. Blur him out. Think, Blur him out. Think, think, you, have to go. you have to go, young man. Sorry. Here, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to mute and turn off my video for a moment while I yell at him. Hold on. <laughs> Get out um, of here. I was gonna say. <clears throat> Uh yeah, Stuart's the the regular gamer though. Um I don't think Elliot does it. I uh <laughs> I'm actively 
at best ambivalent about gaming. I do appreciate that Stuart uh, picked something with such uh, easy to understand instructions. Because my main problem with games is usually if I like if it takes more effort to learn it than the fun I will uh, get out of it. But part of the fun is learning the rules, Dan. <laughs> yeah, for people like you, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love playing games with Stu. I think they're great. Thank and uh, games are great. And my, my son, who just butted in, uh, he is a big game guy. And I've been looking forward to, at some point, introducing him to Stuart as a fellow gamer so that Stuart can play games with him and I can mm-hmm. get some stuff done around here. I'm going to feel mm-hmm. bad crushing him every time. But, I mean, that's how you learn, right? He's getting crushed. He's, he's got it. It's the that's how, you're going to be the stone on which he sharpens his blade. Yeah, exactly. yeah for sure. For, and that first means that it's friction. It's nothing but sparks. But eventually he'll yeah. understand. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, that was a great, <laughs> great answer. Um, we also have uh, our next question is from Brian. Um, and he uh, actually, Brian, if you want to unmute um, and turn your camera on, you are welcome to take the floor and ask your question. All right. Thanks a lot, April. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, how's hey, it going? Uh, hey, Elliot. <laughs> we, hey, uh, Brian. Nice to see you again. Yeah. Uh, Elliot and I uh, spent way too long talking about Marvel Comics uh, a couple nights ago for uh, an episode of uh, my Marvel by the Month podcast. I think I'm three for Mm -hmm. three on these things, uh, promoting an episode where one of the people who's uh, guesting on the Max Fun feed uh, was on one of our episodes. So there we go. Um, But it was a blast. We talked about all sorts of great stuff. Um, but, uh, I have a, a Flophouse question. Um, so Flophouse is my very favorite podcast. Um, and I was really excited that, uh, earlier this year during COVID times, you started doing the mini, uh, mini episodes on off weeks. Um, and I was wondering what was the thinking behind that and how's it going so far? Um, Sometimes these decisions are like so fuzzily made that I'm not really sure what the thinking behind it was. I think that that's a good that's a good reason that you to start answering a question. Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had muted yourself because of the 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 noise outside. So I, I had for a in. second. I, yeah, I um, I think it was something that maybe the others were pushing actually before lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly back more enthusiastically back when they had more extra time on their hands uh, before lockdown. But then it only came to fruition like during lockdown when it was good to like have an excuse to see one another a little bit more. And also it felt good to be doing more for listeners at the same time. And I, I, I like the format because we can just sort of do whatever for good or ill. I mean, like if we stray too far off of, movies i'm sure there's a group of listeners who aren't interested anymore but we can do silly stuff and we we kind of just realized recently that if there's maybe someone famous that we think we could get on a 15 minute show we could get them on the minis where we couldn't get them to watch a movie and do our whole show with feels it. like a waste of their time mm-hmm. yeah certainly from their point of view mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah, i I'm, I'm going to jump in and just say from an entirely selfish point of view, um, you know, we've been doing the show for about 13 years. And one of the nice things about doing the minis is it allows. And also since since uh, the lockdown, we've also been having guests. And those two things have allowed us to like 
kind of mix it up a little bit. And it also means, so we're doing episodes that we are a little different than the ones we'd been doing before. But it also means that when we end up doing an episode that's just a regular episode that's just the three of us, I kind of appreciate those more because it reminds me why I like doing the show in the first place. And I don't know. So yeah, I, it's going good for me, basically. I do think that as friends, <laughs> at, as friends, it's good of us. It's good for us to get together and not talk about a movie because like, I don't know about you guys. I feel like uh, the I've noticed that the moments that we might get ir- irritable with one another are during the uh, movie shows where we know that we have all this stuff we got to get to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the whereas, two hour episodes where we have to not talk over each other constantly. Yeah. Whereas on the minis, we can just have fun, like talking to each other. I, I want to say one, I never signed that contract saying we would not talk over each other constantly during the two hour episodes. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but it was, I think it's, we, uh, we had been talking for a while about possibly doing weekly shows. Cause it feels like every two weeks episodes is, kind of like the old way of doing podcasts in a way and that people expect more, but it was, it was partly just not feasible uh, for us to, I, we, I know I would never get to watch a movie for pleasure if we were doing a Flophouse movie episode every week. Um, and this way, like these guys are saying, it means we can have fun with it and we can uh, refresh our friendship. It like in ways that, yeah, don't involve as much logistics, you know? Um, and I can subject them to my Tom Brokaw impression for, you know, a half hour to 45 minutes at a time, which I don't get to do in a normal episode. No, and when you do it for your family, they get very angry with you. Uh, well, the, the adult members of my family do. The kids like it. They don't really understand it. <laughs> yeah, because they love Tom Brokaw and do. <laughs> my, my children like it when I make when I do annoying voices, and my wife does not particularly care <laughs> yeah. for those times during dinner when my <laughs> children are yelling character voices at me to do, and I have to switch between them. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, I think that's also helpful for folks doing podcasts, so they know, you know, other other ideas they can try as well. Um, yeah, they, it's you can you can if you can. I think what we've learned from it is like you can mix up your format, and it won't please everybody, but it'll please enough people that they'll like it too. You know, it's still worth doing. Awesome. Our next question is from John Ty. Uh, and John's here, so I'm going to actually, John, let you ask your question if you'd like to unmute and turn your camera on. Thank you. I apologize for this question. I panic. If we are alive and life is a box of chocolates, what kind of chocolate are you? And if you previously answered, please reassess given the current situation. <laughs> okay. If I previously okay. answered. Hmm. Think, uh, I mean, I want to let's just take it for granted that we're alive. I think let's just take that as a priori knowledge because okay. otherwise, yep. this answer is going to get too complicated. Yeah, uh, what kind of chocolate? I guess I would be, I don't want to steal these guys' answers, but I'd probably be Crunchy Frog, the chocolate from the Monty Python chocolate scene sketch because I'm not put together quite right in the end, you know. So <laughs> you shouldn't have a Crunchy Frog inside of chocolate, anyways. That's my answer. What are you guys gonna say? Uh, I was going to say something that like involves toffee in some way because toffee I feel like is the candy you can most imagine wearing like a tweed jacket or like uh, a, a a cable knit sweater such as the one I'm wearing so that's that's what I would pick. Yeah, I I feel like I'd I'd probably be something with like marzipan in it where you're like oh this looks really great and then you take a couple bites and you're like oh, I'm kind of tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> 
in reality, the only chocolate I like to eat in box of chocolates are the plainest ones uh, because I don't want a lot of junk in my chocolate. Yeah, but, but they try and trick you, right? They try and like, yeah. you're like, which mm-hmm. one's the plainest one? And then you're like, oh, no, it's a coconut bomb. Although, you know, who knows? Some people like mounds. <laughs> Some people. Uh, enough for them to keep making it. But I, And I was going to say plain chocolate, but I thought Dan might say that. So I didn't say it. I That's the sort of burn you would use for me, but I wouldn't use it for myself. <laughs> I mean, I feel like uh, I want to say Baby Ruth is probably my all time favorite, like candy bar, candy bar. I know that isn't the question, but I'm kind of like, I feel like there was a period of time in my in my college <laughs> you know years in Stuart Wellington, the college years time when it's uh, gotten in movies previously. Baby Ruth. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually if Stuart's opening it up to chocolate bars, then I'm going to go with Kit Kat because people are always telling me, hey, give me a break. <sighs> <laughs> so true <laughs> there was a lot of layers to that one mm-hmm. just just like <laughs> a kit kat just like a kit kat which has a, it's a layered candy yeah mm-hmm. uh well thank you so much and thanks john for that question too a very existential which is just what we needed um and <laughs> our next question is from alex and he would like to ask his question too so alex if you'd like to go ahead and unmute and turn your camera on gang um real quick comment because you mentioned tom brokaw's dune the most strained i have ever seen my marriage was when i was driving in the car with my wife and she said you can put on whatever music or podcast you want and that was the (laughs) next flop house up so there's that (laughs) you're welcome i'm glad that i could (laughs) every five minutes she said is he just gonna keep going (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, wow. that's what I, I say when we're thing. recording. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like whatever doesn't kill your marriage makes it stronger. I, so you're welcome uh, on forging the bonds even more steely between I, the I two. I completely of you. agree. Thank you. So, um, my question was it's been a rough year for a lot of people. So, without getting too personal, what is your favorite memory of 2020? Like, what's a moment of joy or something you really like that did happen this year that you wouldn't mind sharing? Uh, well, I've got a couple things. I, the, the first one isn't so much a moment as like, I, you know, it's, it's terrible in many ways to be sort of restricted to home, but, um, but Audrey moved in just before this all started and it's been nice to kind of like have like nesting time to really like make the place nice and like a place that like gives us joy each day. Like we, we re like we exchanged some furniture in the kitchen we did a lot of organizing i like tended to my herb garden more like all these sort of things that just uh i like bought brighter light bulbs so we weren't (laughs) as like glum in the dark uh it all like just makes it a lot uh nicer to just live um but a much sillier one i guess was just seeing cats back in january (laughs) because i have not laughed that hard (laughs) in years and then i saw it a second time in the theater and i laughed almost as hard and then Stuart and i hosted a rowdy screening at the alamo had a great time there there are videos out online somewhere of me like laughing hysterically uh like after seeing cats at home and like, the, th- and the thing angelical all over again but and the thing about yeah, that ra- the thing about that rowdy screening was like people have already started like coming up with call and response type bits, like from 
uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, but for cats, and they were pretty good already. Like it was, yeah. it was, the crowd was way funnier than we were when we introduced it. Uh, I'm going to jump in there since I already jumped on the end of Dan's. Uh, a moment of joy for me. I'm going to do two quick ones. Um, we, back in what, May, we hosted our first uh, virtual live show and we encouraged uh, listeners to donate to charity and we raised a ton of money. We raised like, uh, our, our community raised like 70 grand or something. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it was, well, it was pretty overwhelming to see that we're part in, we're part of such a positive community that's actively trying to promote um, positive change in the world. So that was amazing. Uh, and then for uh, very selfish, uh, I recently recorded a uh, a little bit of audio for a movie called Psycho Goreman, which had its uh, has been premiering in horror movie festivals. And seeing uh, a clip where a puppet that's a brain in a jar talks with my heavily distorted voice. And then seeing my name in the credits afterwards was very exciting. I think I jumped out of my chair and ran around the, uh, the apartment pointing at the screen for Charlene and she could obviously see the same thing, but I was making sure that she understood. Uh, and that was, that was a rare, you know, that was probably the most joyous I felt. I was also pretty drunk. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, lovely moments with my children over this past year and those are the ones that will stick with me the most and not to not to name drop but uh my my older son and one of jesse thorne's children have become very close and it's been wonderful to see them build a friendship since my son's had done a lot of moving around already he's you know we moved from new york to los angeles he's been in a couple different schools because he was in preschool and then a different preschool and then kindergarten in one school and we put another one and so it was really nice to see him like building a real friendship with somebody where it's like okay you don't have to lose this friendship when you move somewhere uh and on a non-personal level Seeing Parasite win Best Picture was pretty exciting. It was like, hey, they do it. They do it right every now and then, and it really showed me that 2020 was going to be a great year. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> was I misled? Who, who, dog? But you know, uh, but that was a nice moment in that year. Well, thank you, and thank you, Alex. Um, our last question. We have time for one more. Our last question is from Josh. Uh, Josh, if you want to unmute and turn your camera on, and ask your question. Hi. Uh, so like a lot of people, I've been watching a lot of movies this year while we're at home, uh, and I've been trying to focus on watching movies I've never seen before. And I was wondering if you had any advice on how to watch them with more of a critical eye. Like, like I just watched Taking a Pelham 123 for the first time, and it was amazing, but I don't know that I could describe it very well beyond I liked it a lot. Yeah, Travolta's great in that one, right? <laughs> Why <Wyatt, laughs> Yada? I mean, that's a perfect movie, so it's kind of hard to be critical about it anyway. But, but, uh, this actually, it's, I mean, there's one thing in it that's, that's, uh, not so much. But, uh, I think if I can jump in, I would say the big thing is to not be afraid to look at the movie and ask, how does it do this thing? And then kind of take it apart a little bit. I mean, the only reason to learn about, how movies work and stuff is to read about them and, and watch documentaries about them and listen to commentaries and things like that. But, Anytime you can look at something and instead of uh, – and being aware of the impression it's making on you. There's a there's a, a writer from a long time ago named Robert Warshaw who wrote an essay called The Immediate Experience where he talks about how as a critic, if you're watching a movie, you have to admit to yourself 
I am a person who is watching a movie and it is having this effect on me, and I can't, because of my critical faculties, deny what the immediate effect it's having on me is, the immediate enjoyment or not. And you kind of can't force yourself to enjoy something that you don't enjoy because you know you're supposed to, and you can't not enjoy something that you're not supposed to enjoy because you know you're not supposed to. And it's kind of going into it knowing that's the case, but then trying to look at the movie and say, but why is it having that effect on me? And what things is it doing? Because it's not like it came out of nowhere. Every movie is made by people, Mm -hmm. and they do the things they do for a reason. And sometimes those reasons are just, we couldn't afford to do anything else in this part of the movie. But being like uh, inquisitive towards it. I know that's a very abstract way to answer that question, but it's just kind of uh, taking a moment after you get your, your immediate response to it to be like, oh, well, what are the things that I liked about it? And then how did it, how did, how do I think that came about? Why do I think they did those things? You know, I, I, I like to say too, that, uh, I mean, I don't, I think by the way you framed this question, you don't necessarily like need to hear this yourself, but it's like, it's kind of to the point, I think that like criticism doesn't at its best mean like looking for a reason to be like mad at one part of a movie or another part of a movie or like pick it apart which is a weird thing to say for like a podcast that picks movies apart but it's like you should crack it open to see what makes it tick like elliot's saying rather than like trying to be critical in that other sense of the word like i don't like all of the sort of youtube series where like these are the mistakes this movie made and and you know it's often just like trying to fill out a list and it's a thing where well if you actually watch the movie like that's not a mistake that they didn't like spell out every character's motivation you're supposed <laughs> like, to infer some of it here's 35 reasons star wars is actually bad yeah. number one there's no sound in space and it's like exactly. come on man you know that's not why i'm watching this movie like, <laughs> yeah right. i mean that's part of it like engage with the movie at its level and know that the movie is engaging with you specifically and so you can to some degree, only talk about your own reaction to it without worrying about others. Thank you. And I'm, I'm going to say real quick, try and put down your phone and focus on the movie. <laughs> and I do that by trying to watch movies with subtitles, because if I look at my phone, I'm going to miss a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, no second screen experiences. One screen only. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, well, that wraps up our questions. Um, that's all the time that we have questions anyway. Um, I want to thank our Golden Eagles and Platinum Angels for your fun questions, sometimes chocolatey and nougaty questions, um, <laughs> and for your ongoing support of Max Fun and our creators. Um, Dan Stewart and Elliot, before we move into the game and everything just gets out of control, do you, uh, each of you want to share a cultural recommendation with our folks? Yeah. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Will you? <laughs> Dan should go first. I was Dan just saying first. I was going to jump in. You go first, yeah. Dan. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm. This is sort of, it's both specific and general. I'm going to say uh, biographies by Simon Cowell, or Callow, sorry, not Cowell. Cowell's the fucking guy yeah. from the fucking show. No, Callow. <laughs> Simon Callow. He was the, you may remember him as the boisterous guy in Four Weddings and a Funeral with the beard. Uh, that's you know you'll you've seen him as an actor probably he's also a great you've seen him nude in a room in a room with a view yes you have uh, fully nude um, yeah that's what but, nude means 
<laughs> well, I mean, usually you don't see penis in movies, and you see penis in A Room with a View. That's my that's view. review for A Room with a View. <laughs> penis <laughs> that's, galore. That's that's Dan's Mr. Skin review for A Room with a View. Yeah, but um, no, he's a very he's a tremendous biographer. I've read two and a half of his Orson Welles biography. It's supposed to be a four volume series once he's done i i dived right into the uh, uh the third one right after finishing the second one and so i stopped in the middle because i'm like i think this is too much Orson Welles all at once i need to come back to this but he's a wonderful biographer i'm reading his biography of charles dickens right now he just uh really is a pleasure to read that's what i'm recommending uh i'm gonna go next i am going to recommend a board game i'm gonna recommend the board game root uh, it is the game that I have played by far the most in the last year. Um, it is a beautiful game. Uh, the art design is wonderful. It is a uh, relatively short game. You know, you're looking at a uh, like a one to two hour experience. Um, it's a game that involves a lot of different moving pieces and uh, it engages you on a lot of different levels. It's asymmetrical, so it means that each player is kind of playing a slightly different game with slightly different win conditions. And uh, there's also a, a means if you're a solo person, if you're all by yourself and you have no opponents, you can also uh, play it as a single person. There's a like a bot element where you can play against the game. Or um, if you don't have the space, um, I believe they also just released a version of it on iOS. So you can play Root on your phone against friends or against uh, like the computer. So uh, it's a great game. It's a lot of fun. I like it. Root. I'm going to recommend a comic book. So we'll have established all three branches of media, Mm -hmm. books, (laughs) games, and comic books. And this is a comic that's called Bearing Straight. Uh, this is by a comics author named Tom Manning. Uh, he wrote a book. Wrote He's a writer and artist. He did a book called Runoff years ago that I really love. And this one, Bearing Straight, is uh, it's about the last tribe of, I think they're Devonian people. I'm trying to remember which, which non-homo sapiens uh, pre-modern human species it's about. And uh, it's during the Ice Age, and they find themselves in a strange situation uh, that brings them into conflict with the people who are known as the most insane tribe around, which is our ancestors, the the original Homo sapien ancestors. And it's kind of like if Apocalypto w- had like a moral grounding that was not were that was not crazy, you know. That like it, it's kind of like if Apocalypto didn't have the issues that Apocalypto deals with. Sure. Uh, and it's both. It's got a lot of ideas, but it's really tense and suspenseful, and the art in it is great, and I highly recommend it. It's called Bearing Straight. All right. Well, thank you. Um, now I'm going to turn it over to Stuart, who is your game show host for today. And again, we're calling this Flophouse Feud. Um, as Stuart, if you're ready. I'm ready. Uh, actually, I prefer the term Game Master today, game but that's master. okay. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, make sure that that's reflected in the minutes. Okay, all right, yes. gang. Uh, we have a little bit of time to play Flophouse Feud. Um, you have already, I believe, I trust you've all been assigned to either Dan's team or Elliot's team. Um, let me go over the rules real quick. This is my favorite part of every game, explaining the rules. Uh, so both teams are going to be given three questions, okay? You're going to be answering the same three questions. We polled the Max Fun audience on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, in order to get the most popular answer 
to those questions. So for each question, your team is trying to come up with the top three most popular answers. And that's not the most, like, not the truest in your head, but what you think the rest of the audience is going to say. Um, and this is how scoring is going to work because you need to figure out how to earn those victory points. Uh, only the top five answers uh, are going to be earn you points. Uh, the most popular answer gets you five points. The second most popular answer will give you four points. Third for three, fourth for two, fifth for one. If your answer is not in that top five, you get zero points. But don't worry, you're, there's three questions. Um, obviously, you're trying to earn the most points, like all games. It's it's like the game of life, trying to earn points. Um, so we'll read all three questions, and then you're going to be invited to a breakout room with your team. Um, and then we'll paste the questions into the chat of the breakout room so you can discuss and then you'll have seven minutes to deliberate and then come back with the top three answers to each question. And then we'll all meet up back here. Now, Dan and Elliot are going to keep track of your answers because they're your team leaders. Uh, Dan, uh, I believe everybody knows what team they're on. I don't know if I have the most updated team member list. April, do you have that? I do. We had a couple folks have to leave, so I had rearranged the, the teams. Um, I can go ahead and read the, the yes, teams. Yes, please. Off. Uh, Dan's team is Pat, Les and Monica, a Anastasia, Josh, John Heselton, and I don't think Doug is here, but if Doug is here, then Doug Doug's is not here, man. Doug's not here. Okay. Yeah. He said he's out of here. Classic. Classic, mm -hmm. classic stuff. <laughs> classic right. combination of two bits. <laughs> 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 Elliot's team, um, Brian, Alex, Phil, Stephen, Jessica, Connor, John Ty and Tristan. So Elliot, I think you ended up with more people. That's true. That fits our name. So now, now, now I want to hear your names. Okay. I'm ready for them. Give them to me. Okay. Our team, it's the hateless eight. We don't hate things. We love everything. And there's eight of us. So we're the hateless eight. That's great. Uh, I forgot about this, but I'm going to call us the flop house street, <laughs> the flop house street irregulars. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, man, we're off to a rip-roaring start. Okay, so I'm going to grab the questions off of my dock. Do-do-do. Normally I'm better at this, but I'm not. Okay, question number one. Okay, question number one is, name the best movie based on a video game. Name the best movie based on a video game. Question number two. What's the most famous holiday movie? What's the most most famous holiday movie? And number three. What's the best movie sequel? What is the best movie sequel? Okay. Once again, just to remind you, you're looking for the most popular answer, not the one you think is truest in your heart. Uh, so let's head to your breakout rooms to deliberate, and I'll see you back here in seven minutes. I look oh, like the... all back. Okay, all cool. Back, yeah. okay. Welcome <laughs> back, everybody. Uh, now that we're all back, we're going to go through the answers and announce the scores at the end. Okay. As a, as a refresher, 
Our first question was, name the best movie based on a video game. Elliot, what are your three answers? So we just say all three? Yeah. Oh, it's tough. Oh, boy. Okay. Here's, okay. I think here are the ones we ended up on were Resident Evil, Mm -hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, highest grossing movie of 2020, Uh and Tomb Raider. Okay. Now, Dan, for you. Name the uh, best movie based on a video game. Okay, so we have Sonic the Hedgehog and Resident Evil, like Elliot did. We went a different way. We went with Detective Pikachu for our other one. Now, we had a real debate over that. Is that a based on a video game movie? I feel like these days it's considered that. I mean, like it, it is on those lists of best video game movies I've seen on the internet. So I'm going by that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, if you saw it on the internet, it probably is true. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, mean no, I like it because he's setting me up for a future court date when we can really litigate this if we don't like the results. Okay. Um, so let's uh, let's get your answers for question number two. As a reminder, question number two is, what's the most famous holiday movie? Elliot, what's the most famous holiday movie? Our guesses about most famous holiday movie were... I could use some more confidence, Adia, right now. Okay. Uh, well, what I, I, we don't have a big variety of holidays in our holiday movie list. And that, you know, that's disappointing to me, was uh, what we thought were It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, and Die Hard. Again, okay. they're all Christmas movies. We don't have any Thanksgiving movies in our list. No Halloween movies. No Diwali movies. Uh, mm-hmm. No Ramadan movies. It's disappointing. But I blame American filmmaking for that. Okay. Dan. Uh, well, this will be a wash of a round because we also picked It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Story, and Die Hard. Okay. I hope Ernest Scared Stupid sweeps the board, but we'll find out later. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, it's not not even the most famous Ernest Halloween movie, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question number three. I guess it is the most famous Halloween. Okay. Uh, yeah. What is the best movie sequel? Elliot, your team. Okay. The, the, uh, what is it? The Hateless Eight? The Hateless Eight. Although I think there might be nine of us if you count me. But okay. We'll see. Uh, in which case, we're the Naughty Nine. Hmm. <laughs> Causing trouble wherever we go, but not Do big not trouble. Do not like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, best movie sequel. We went with Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess you could call it Star Wars Episode, se- uh, episode 7, Empire Eight. Strikes Back. Oh, sorry, it was episode, uh, episode uh, 5. And uh, and, uh, Aliens, or I guess you'd call it Alien Episode 2, Aliens, Mm -hmm. and Troll 2. (laughs) Okay, Dan, your team, Uh, the, what, the, uh, the Flophouse Street Irregulars? Yeah, that was a real wild card pick at the end there, Elliot, but I... Mm, Well, you know... I, I admire your philosophy... Uh, that you know, I, I often share that the fun of the game is in the playing and not the winning. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, I we, think that's. You also said uh, that other quote: uh, "You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take." Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a Dan McCoy, right? Uh, I, we have Empire Strikes Back and Aliens, but we also have Godfather Two. Okay, so those are our answers. I think it's time for us to get some. Scoring, da, 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 da. Daniel, how are we doing on scores? Okay, so for in the category of name the best movie based on a video game, 
Uh-huh. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog was zero points because we were looking for five and it was six, unfortunately. Oh. Um, uh, the fifth most popular answer for that was Resident Evil. Mm. So, so both of you picked Resident Evil. That's one point. Um, and then Tomb Raider was fourth. Okay. Third was Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was... 20% of our respondents. That came up in discussions, but it's not a good movie. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just above that is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, oh man. Wow. I steered us away from that one. Yeah, I was steered Simply away from that Simply because it's a terrible movie. Uh, what's, what's great about it is it sets up a sequel that never existed. Yeah. Uh, and the number one answer was Detective Pikachu. Oh. Boom, 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 boom. Again, I'm going to bring that to, uh, I'm going to bring that to the court's Appeal that decision also. Yeah, lose that one as well. Uh, so where most, are our teams at after round one? After round one, the Flophouse Street Irregulars have six points, and the Hateless Eight slash Naughty Nine, depending on how many people are on there, thank you, um, have three points. So Dan has a slight lead. Okay. Oh boy. For Guys, most, we'll make it up. We'll make it up. For most famous holiday movie, uh, number five is Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Um. Fourth was White Christmas. Mm. There was a tie for third with Home Alone and A Christmas Story. In second, there was a tie for Die Hard and Love Actually. And huh. the number one most famous movie, according to our audience, was It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, it makes me feel really good to know that a movie that old is still the most famous of a of a kind of movie. Yeah. Okay, so going into the third round, what is the scoring? Uh, the Halo 8 slash 99 have 15 points, and the Flophouse Street Irregulars have 18. It's close, it's close. Final okay. round. Final round. Sorry, doing the Best okay. movie sequel. Um, in Tied for fifth is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Paddington 2. Oh... Very Great similar movies. <laughs> um, for fourth is Aliens and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, third is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. The Terminator movies. The Godfather Part 2. And the number one best movie sequel is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Mm. I still don't regret. I still don't regret saying Troll Two. You should. <laughs> I mean, if if Super Mario Brothers was on the board earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that means the Hateless Eight slash Daddy Nine has twenty two points, and the Flophouse Street Irregulars have twenty nine. Oh man! What so a there you go. It's a blowout. Ooh. There you have it. Today's winner are the winners are the Flophouse Street Irregulars. Uh, your, your your prize for winning today is going to be uh, a feeling of accomplishment, uh, something you can tell <laughs> uh, you you can tell your friends about, uh, maybe tweet about it, um, and you know a sense of superiority over Elliot. Um, and uh, we'll probably, <laughs> and we'll give you a shout hey, out on the next show. I think I never I never tried to be popular. I only tried to be me, and <laughs> me is not popular. Well, thank you, Stuart, Dan, and Elliot. Thank you, Max Fund members. I know some of those questions are like, you, you got to go with what people said, and who knows? <laughs> like Super Mario Brothers. Thank you. Oof. Oofa doofa. Um, we're, <laughs> 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 we're, 
We're Koopa yeah. We're going to add this recording to the bonus content page so that all of our Max Fun members can have a chance to watch it. And that video should be up next week in case you'd ever like to rewatch it. Uh, or if you want to let your Max Fun member friends know about it. Our next Behind the Mic event will take place on December 18th. And of course, Golden Eagles and Platinum Angels, look for your email invitation in the coming weeks. Thank you, all of our hosts. Thank you so much, uh, Dan, Stuart, Elliot. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Um, And thank you, our guests, for joining us today. And enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Still proud of my team. We left it all out there on the field. Played our hearts out. Hi, I'm Casey O'Brien, Max Fun producer for Switchblade Sisters and Who Shot Ya? In next month's Behind the Mic, screenwriter April Wolf of Switchblade Sisters and film critic and writer Alonzo Duralde of Who Shot Ya? will talk about holiday movies. I'll be your moderator for the event, which will include a Q&A session with our hosts. Max Fun Golden Eagles and Platinum Angels will get an invitation to the event. All members will be able to watch and listen later as bonus content. Thanks for supporting Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.